You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and how it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we answer the question, can I be a Christian and a Trump supporter at the same time? So the question itself is somewhat inflammatory, but since the 2016 election, there has been much consternation around the issue of Donald Trump and his association with evangelical Christianity. So how should we as followers of Jesus process through that. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, Zach Wyrock, the director of Orchard NEO, and then Paul Turner, the associate director of Orchard NEO. Today, our question is this, can I be a Christian and a Trump supporter at the same time? Can I be a Christian and a Trump <laughs> supporter at the same time? I'm going to guess this is going to there are people who are listening to this who may have just closed the podcast, but I would encourage you not to. It's too late if they already it's did. It's too late, though. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. All right. I need to clarify. I always want to clarify. Please. So uh, the question that I would have is, what do we mean by supporter? Yeah. Right? So because I would, I would have a lot of different questions, like, uh, can I be a Christian and a Tiger Woods su- supporter? Right depends on what I mean by supporter. Depends I, yeah. So yeah, but I also think again it it matters what I mean by Christian. So I, I want to okay, yeah, so like start with that. This question to me is both relevant and nonsensical. Okay, and here's what I mean by that: it's relevant because of the cultural moment we're in, and it needs to be talked about. And I'm glad we're talking about it, but it's also nonsensical in that what makes me a Christian is my faith that Jesus Christ lived in my place, died in my place rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, is seated at God's right hand, and is my only hope of resurrection and reconciliation with God. That's what makes you a Christian. So nothing else makes you a Christian, who you support politically, who you don't support politically, because we believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. And so on that end, theologically, it's almost nonsensical in that the idea that my faith is rising and falling or validated or invalidated based on who I vote for, but it is relevant in that I think this is a question a lot of people are asking. So theologically, I'd say who you vote for has nothing to do with your status in God's eyes because that's bound up in Jesus. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. So why do you think uh, that this is a question that people ask? Because the question, that that was a great beginning, what what you just did. Um, But people ask this question, and as soon as people saw this on the podcast, they went, oh, yeah, yep. I want to know the well, answer. Well, I want to give a quick answer, and then I want to kick it to Paul, because I think he will have even more clarity to bring here. But uh, I think uh, the quick answer is that what we're really asking is, can I be a Christian and be a Trump defender? Yeah. I don't think we have in mind supporter. I think we have in mind defender, meaning that whether it is extramarital affairs that have been covered up through hush money whether it is the derogatory comments that have been made about uh, Hispanics, about African-Americans, that seemingly congratulatory comments about white nationalists. Uh, What we're asking is, can I be a Christian and defend the actions of a president who has said things like, he's a Christian, but he's never once asked for forgiveness? How do I reconcile being a Christian and defending comments and actions that on their face seem to be 
anti-Christian. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. And Paul, and by the way, because you're listening to this and you can't see it, Paul, who works to be the Orchard NEO, is an African-American brother, which is going to give even more context to this. Yes, I am. Uh, I will say this. I think for for someone like me, and I've, I've, taught, I've told Joe this, I've, I've told Zach this, that I think... Again, talking about identities, again, how us being a Christian should inform every aspect of our life. But let's take it outside of the realm of should I, can I still be a Christian to be a Trump supporter and look on the other end of it. So for me as African-American man, I'm from inner city Cleveland. I make I make no, no, I don't apologize for that. I love Cleveland. I love my city. I am pretty much a lot of what a lot of people would encounter if they were go there, uh, as, as even as a redeemed man, just the culture of it all. Uh, but I will tell you that there's no more, I don't have any more of an identity crisis issue than when I go to the polls to vote. And here's why. I am a Christian, but I am also an African-American man. And I know that being an African-American man in uh, in this context does come with issues present day, but also has a loaded history as well. And I go to the polls and I have to decide between two sides. One, I am a Christian first, so it informs what I what I stand for, policy, certain policies that are moral, moral policies more so than, than, uh, than other things. And so I go to the polls and I have to either vote for uh, a candidate who seems to not care too much about me being a black man or where I'm from, yet represents the the party that stands for more of the moral alignment that I would have with Christianity. But then I have to choose between either that, so a party who would affirm moral aspects of my Christianity, uh, but you know, kind of not inform, not uh, necessarily stand for my ethnicity. But I have to go to the other side that says you can have these things that you're looking for, social justice, you can have, you know, certain things that, that can be for your, your area, your people, whatever. But in as so much as people can murder children, murder babies, and also people can uh, marry the same sex. And so I have to go to the polls and I'm f- dealing with this question time and time and time again. And so for me as a Christian, it's it's even harder, not just because of who stands in that place, but because there's a two-party system that typically I'm just always in the middle of. I know somebody outside of those two don't necessarily have, you know, aren't necessarily going to win in that sense, but I think I'm always having to reconcile that. And so the frustration for myself is even hearing this question is that for me personally, and I've told Pastor Joe this, that when I go there, I have to vote based on conviction, based on who I believe. I can believe what they're saying mostly, but also as their policies do align with 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 Christianity as far as on a moral aspect. And, and so I, it's just a different question for and me. And I think all of us should have that same uh, angst going in that same problem going to the polls because no party has the complete perfect law mm-hmm. of God. They, yep. they, they, they're divided, right? Um, and I know, Zach, you have something to say about that, and you might want to say it now, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to go a different direction. Yeah, I just think that uh, the gospel challenges all groups, all groups, and Republicans and Democrats are not immune from that. That the gospel does not fully align with the Republican agenda, does not fully align with the Democrat agenda, and if you think it does, it's because you you value those agendas more than you do the gospel. I know that's tough to hear, but the reality is if you think the Republicans are always right, then at certain points you deviate from Jesus in the name of your Republicanism. And if you think the Democrats are always right, at certain points you deviate from Jesus because of your being a Democrat, that you should understand that if you're a Christian 
who's a Republican or a Christian who's a Democrat, that the correct orientation of those words, meaning that Christian comes before either of them, means that at certain points you will have to deviate from Republicans and Democrats who do not share your devotion to Jesus Christ. And it's just true in the church nowadays that most people around us know more about our political preference than they do about our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's because Frankly, many of us value our political allegiance over Jesus. We hope in our political allegiance more than Jesus. And I'll just give you a test on this. If you spend 10 minutes a day in the Bible and two hours a day listening to talk radio, you are more whatever that talk radio program is telling you than you are what God is telling you. That's just a diet reality. Now, uh, and that's, I'm going to go off of that. You know, when we changed it from being a Trump supporter to Trump defender, I just recently read a book called Mistakes Were Made, but not by me, right? And uh, there's something that happens uh, psychologically called cognitive dissonance. Once you make, once you are vested into something, and I was trying to think of why it is that we go all in, like once we do cast our vote, we, uh, we have thrown kind of our um, our allegiance over to a side. And now the rest of the time we have to justify why we did what we did. And that's what I think that's when we run into trouble because we end up saying, you know what, because I voted this way, then this person, uh, I will defend them and everything they do. Because otherwise I was wrong. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think that we have to be more nuanced than that. We have to be able to say, you know what, this is something that there are certain decisions that I think are are good decisions. There are certain decisions that are that are bad decisions. Yes. But what happens, and you know, I saw it happen with uh, Obama, where you know the people who who voted uh, against Obama or uh, you know uh, for Romney or whoever, and then they they ended up wanting to say everything that he did was bad. And that's what that goes back to whatever talk radio you're listening yeah, to. That's right. right? And that and, <laughs> listen, if you think you're getting unbiased media, uh, you're wrong. Yeah. Because uh, people because media outlets are playing into the cognitive dissonance. They're saying well, you don't even we will help you come to be, be yeah. at peace with you what don't even you unbiasedly consume media. So you watch the news with somebody and it's not their favorite news station and they say this and they go, oh, well, they're just saying that because they're biased. Right. It's like you can't even unbiasedly receive news media, let alone be given it. But here's the difference. Voting is a binary, right? You go to the, and that's what you're saying, Paul, like when I go, I know I can only click one name, right? And I know that click doesn't fully represent my views. And so I get the difficulty of signing your name, so to speak, to a candidate when you don't fully support everything about the candidate. Voting has to be that way. Support does not have to be that way. So when when someone is saying, what do you think about the fact that President Trump lied about this or that he has extramarital affairs, that he's on his third wife, that he – and you say, uh, well, I have to support him. Wrong. No, you, you don't. Even if you voted for him, the, voting is a binary. You have to choose. Support is not. You can support something about a man and not something – not something else. I mean, my wife is supportive of me, but if I develop a drug addiction, she's allowed to say, I'm not for that. Like she, her support of me doesn't encompass any bad choice that I might make. Yeah. Now, why do we do that politically? Like I started this by saying, you know, to be a, a supporter, defender of Tiger Woods. Why do we feel like that with, with a president right. or a political thing and not a sports figure? I can say, hey, I, I was rooting for Tiger Woods at the Masters. Love that. Now, if somebody says, oh, so you're defending you know, what his lifestyle was like five years ago. I'd be going, no, 
that no, I'm yeah. I'm enjoying his golf and his excellence in golf. So why is it in the political realm we feel this deep need to say, yeah. oh no, I voted for him, so I'm all in, so I'm going to be supportive and I'm going to be defending him all the time because it's weird. I I think the answer to that is I think there are two answers to that. I'm going to answer the first one and then I'm going to put you on the spot, Paul, and have you speak to the second one, okay? So I think the second answer that I'm going to let Paul speak to in just a second is that we value those that are like us and we push away those that are not. We like to demonize other people. And so that means we have to maintain a certain perspective of people who don't look like us, don't sound like us, don't come from where we come. But the first answer is I really believe politicians are our functional saviors. I really believe when people go to the voting booth, they think Donald Trump is going to save them. They won't say that. No one says that. But the 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 like now, now if well, they if they say uh, save America is that what they're saying you feel like yeah I, I think so yeah, I think I, I, I think it's say, this I had a, I remember having conversations shortly after the 2016 election one in specific where uh, somebody who I know is a committed follower of Jesus Christ we were just kind of I threw out the question do you feel optimistic or pessimistic about yeah. the state of Christianity in the United States of America oh no because I was saying I feel somewhat pessimistic you yeah. know we're trending more toward Europe yeah and he said. Uh, I'm going to fix that just because I don't want this person to know. That person said, well, I feel great because Donald Trump got elected. And yeah. I think Donald Trump is the one that that God is sending to to save us, to yeah. fix America. Isn't it funny how people, the goal line moves, right? Because people say, Obama's president, we got to get rid of him. But with Donald Trump, they say, well, if he wasn't supposed to be president, God wouldn't have let it happen. Yeah. And I just <laughs> wonder how you reconcile that <laughs> theological... How did God let theological... Obama become president? Yeah, right? God fell asleep. Yeah, he was... Somebody <laughs> slipped in there. And then, no, I mean, I think the point is, I really do think people think Donald Trump is going to save them. If you look at the last two president presidents, Obama's thing was... Yes, we can, right? Yes, we can. It's this idea that I can bring change. Get behind me, right? I can bring change. What was Donald Trump's? Make America great again. Get behind me. I, I hope in me. Trust in me. I can do this. And when you begin to believe that your hope is in a person, you cannot allow that that person would make a mistake. You cannot allow that that person would be flawed because if that's true, your hope is invalidated. And and I think the truth is that in you've got many people calling themselves Christians who are more on a day-to-day level, more trusting in Donald Trump than they are Jesus Christ, more defending Donald Trump than they are Jesus Christ. But I also think we have this tendency to surround ourselves with people who are like us and demonize those who are not. Paul, wait, do you wait, sense— before you go to yeah. that, now, uh, do, we, do we feel like that's uh, the whole— a functional savior works the other way too. So right. when uh, Obama's elected, those those who did not vote for him are going, oh, you know, he he that's gonna he's gonna he's the great destroyer. Yes, right? and even that might I gotta get rid of with, him with I gotta, Trump with yep. the same thing that people continue to make him make the functional savior, that's whether right. he's yours or not yours. Yeah, right? and I think right. the level of fear or enthusiasm you have is telling about how you really right. view these politicians. What do you think about what I was saying about the other? Yeah, um, I would say just two. Uh, again, me being a being a minority in America, I don't always typically think that I have uh, that I have much of a say so. And so sometimes when I'm looking at this, uh, when I'm looking at this argument where some people are putting you know their hope in politicians, and some people are using them as functional saviors. Yes, we use a lot of things as functional saviors, but for politics in my community, that wasn't one. And I didn't look at, oh, the world is, oh, the sky is falling because this person got elected because I had real everyday problems that some of those policies got to, but some didn't. 
and I and I've learned to have to deal with it on my own or deal with it on a day-to-day basis. But I think for myself, it's helped me confront a reality that no man is gonna save me like Christ will. And no kingdom that exists now is the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes in this conversation, we tend to lose sight of that in general. When we're saying this person's gonna save us, that person's gonna No, no, no. Listen, there is a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And that is not when someone from America is elected. That is when Jesus comes back riding on a horse. As crazy as it sounds, that's when he he consummates everything. And that's when that's when we can actually say our hope, our whole society, everything can actually be saved. Not when we go to the polls and we elect someone out of one of two parties that are that are broken people, and both of them have their own sin areas, but they will stand before the great right throne. It doesn't matter what they've led. The only question that will matter is what they've done with God's son. And I think politics is the one thing that helps me as a minority because at one time it was uh, it was politics or it was it was an ideology to let people own people that looked like me. You know what I mean? And so you can imagine that you guys, they, a lot of people can argue about, oh, it's it's failing. Oh, it's going to, I'm like, listen, it's doing better than it was before <laughs> because I can actually sit at the table, you know yeah. what I mean, yeah. with, with, with people who don't look like me but also ask yeah. for my voice. But I think in, in that sense, that's another ideology that helps me understand in general, that, look, I'm not looking for any person here to save me because they can't, they won't, they will be fallen. I'm only looking to Jesus, but I will honor the processes that the Lord has allowed to be set up in America no matter how I have to vote. And I think that's the best way for Christians to posture ourselves toward just honoring God no matter what we do and how we do, but not looking for any of these men to be saviors for us. Yeah, and I think one of the ways you see the incongruity of Christian engagement in politics and Jesus is that Jesus said this, the whole law hangs on this, right? Love God, everything you got, and love your neighbor as yourself. And like everyone knows that politics fails both those tests, but for this sake, we'll just say it certainly fails the second test, loving your neighbor as yourself, because the whole essence of American politics is demonizing the other side, right? And and I do think, speaking for myself only, that Donald Trump has made a political career on demonizing people. That when you listen to him, the way he belittles people, the way even, I mean, on Twitter, even the way when he was running in the primary, they would give everybody derogatory nicknames. And I just think, here's the thing, if, you de- if you're a Republican and you demonize Democrats and you are, you're a Democrat and you demonize Republicans, you have to understand that you stand against God when you do that. That you are like Jonah who says, not, those, not them, God. I don't want them to hear about grace. I don't want them to be, to whereas God is saying, Jonah, that's your racism. That's your ethnocentrism. That's your nationalism. It's not mine. That God has always been for the nations, and the nations in this case includes Republicans, and it includes Democrats. And if your first instinct when you run across a Democrat or Republican is not to desire that they meet Jesus, but is rather to beat them in a political debate or to belittle them or to support candidates who do, I think you stand against Jesus. Jesus says, it doesn't matter what else you do if you don't love your neighbor as yourself. And it is inescapably true that that is not what characterizes American politics today. Yeah, I was just reading uh, something earlier this morning about Jesus uh, calling Matthew, right? And, you know, at the end of that uh, little section, it says Jesus says that uh, it's not the, the healthy that need a physician, it's the sick. Um, but the thing I read was that uh, Jesus 
uh, didn't never particularly liked the righteous. He particularly liked the sinners. Uh, and I think that's interesting that when you say demonize, we we don't demonize people that we think are righteous, that are the right. the ones on the right side with us, whatever. We demonize those that we think they're the they're the wicked ones. They're the ones that are taking America down. Those are actually the ones that we should be praying for the most and loving the most because Jesus loves them the most, right? If, if we really do bifurcate America and yeah. say that, that our party is the righteous party and the other party is the unrighteous party, well, then even if you do that, you are bound by being a Christian to love the the party that you think is is less righteous. And yeah. right? I would say if you are, you know, if you're saying when I'm demonizing these other people, I'm doing it in, in the, the name, name of, of Christ, Jesus. Yeah, you may not be as close to Jesus as you think right, you are. Right. Yeah, and that's the most positive way we could say that. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I think the danger is for people is that you just, over time, you don't want what Jesus wants. You want what the Republicans want. You don't want what Jesus wants. You want what the Democrats want. And that's why, look, we have to understand, and especially as it relates to the public perception that Christianity, evangelical Christianity, is intertwined with conservative Republican politics, costs us people. That we are not able to engage certain groups of people because they assume that we demonize them, that we don't care about them, that that we don't care about their plight, that we don't care about policies that affect them. And if that doesn't break your heart and make you want to repent and to make you want to break free of that association, then I just think your heart's in the wrong place. And I just think you have to stop and look and do just an honest self-assessment and say, like, even if this podcast, let me give you an example, even if this podcast is upsetting you, even if it's upsetting you, you have to ask yourself, why? Why is it upsetting me? Why is any conversation about how Jesus might stand against my political preference upsetting to me? And, and be honest with yourself to say, maybe it is that I'm a little out of balance here, that I'm a little out of whack here, and that the problem is not the ones I'm listening to on the podcast, but the problem actually resides in me and to seek the Lord and to seek repentance and to seek a reorientation of your heart on these things. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, and one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus and our everyday lives. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.